Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's been a kind of an up and down week. Anybody know what I'm talking about, an up and down week? I have a letter I'm going to read today. It's a short one from, uh, from a young lady that spent time with us about five, four, five, six weeks. It was in Terra. And uh, we have a lot of visitors from Terra, and we love them all, and, and we wish more would come. Uh, it's sometimes, not just Terra people, but all people, when they come through this church, they, they get smacked between the eyeballs, and uh, they have to decide whether they want to change or not change. And uh, many don't want to change. Many feel like they're fine. And so, go ahead, whatever, it's fine. But every once in a while, when we had several from Terra Terra that, that stick with us, they call us back. And this lady, this lady's getting ready to graduate from one of her classes uh, over in Bloomington. She's got a home church now in Bloomington. Her name is Stacy. And uh, we'll read the letter in a little bit. It's a, it's a neat letter uh, of how, you know, some of us, we get going in life and it's like a game to us. And uh, where's my beach ball? There's my beach ball. It's like, you know, it can just be like a, a, a game. You just go through it. And especially some Christians, sometimes, especially we get going and it's just, you know, it just seems like life can be a game. And then when something goes haywire, the game starts to turn. You don't like it anymore. And, and uh, if we would understand that life is not a game, it's very serious we can have a wonderful life, an abundance of joy and peace and comfort in our lives. But many Christians struggle with it because they take God and, they, and they, they, it's like a game to it. You know, they, they do whatever they want to do and then everything explodes and life goes crazy and then they don't understand anything and they blame God for everything. Uh, and uh, we've got a song we're going to play for you in a minute. Here's an old song. I like playing them old songs. And I'll go over the words with you in a minute. But if we can understand as, as Christians that... God is a wonderful God, a big, huge God, but he will not compromise with you and your games that you play. And we're going to look in the book of Matthew today, chapter 25. It's, a, lot, a lot of you know this, and it's called, it's called the Ten Virgins. Who knows about the Ten Virgins? Nobody, okay? We're really hurting here. That means I've got to go back to kindergarten and start over again. And, and start. But anyway, I know some of you know about the Ten Virgins, and so we're going to talk about them, but... Um, it's hard, to, when you look at that, at that parable, and it's letters in red, it's Jesus talking. And it's, when you look at that, you'll see that these, these five of these women were, I mean, just look exactly like the other five in every aspect. You couldn't even hardly tell them apart. But if you look at it this week, if you look at this parable in understanding that it's a game. They're playing a game. Just like a lot of, a lot of churches, a lot of, playing a game. You can get so involved in this game, you think that everything's okay, but you're really just, it's not. Unless you're living by the word of God, by the truth of God, word for word as it says, and you think you can just do whatever you want to do, and God's going to say, oh, okay, it's okay, I know you do this. You're, you're nuts. Is that a bad word? God's not going to play with you in your games. He'll love you through them. But he's not. And we've got to learn as a, as a church and as Christians, we can't play with games. I've got to, you know, old Mr. Joel Osteen down there in Texas, he won't preach on hell. You know why? Because all he wants to do is play games. Just read an article. I, well, I don't want to, I'm not going to preach on hell. That's negative. Well, how in the world do you be a pastor and not preach on hell? Because it's real as heaven. Amen? It aggravates me with people like that. And I know some of you may like him. Well, if you want to look at him and like him as, as a guy that, that speaks words, fine. But he's, he's far from a, a, a pastor or a teacher of God's word. He is not. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. And there's many more out there, and I get sick of it. They're playing games with God and his people, and I don't like it. Because I know what it does to people. It hurts them. It hurts them. So... I won't get yelling too much. Life can be fun. Amen? 
When you go out to the beach, and, I mean, you can have a wonderful time. Life can be a, a wonderful fun. You know, I'm a Christian, and I love the Lord, and I have fun. I don't have to go out and do all these other things that the world does to have fun. I don't have to do that. I can go to the beach. I don't like the beach much because I turn red and burn and blister. But Vicky, now Vicky, when we lived down in Florida 15 years, she lived on the beach. She loved it. I didn't go to the beach a whole lot. I worked and just don't like the beach too much. But she loves the beach. She has fun with it. It's like God's Word. If you're not having fun with God, you've got a problem. Because I'm telling you, my God is fun. Amen? And I'll tell you, oh man, he's so much fun. Even in the worst days, he can be so much fun. He, it's all according to how you're going to look at God. I'll quit rambling. The game. I got a song that, uh, you got that song ready? How many remember this song? Come on, you old people. Sandy Bill. <laughs> John. true today, isn't it? Just, you know, people don't change. They just don't. Uh, there's a couple words in there I wanted to... Where's it at? They're going to teach you how to meditate, read your horoscope, and cheat your faith. <laughs> oh, Christians, Christians. Whew. Nothing wrong with meditating on the Lord. But when we 
dig into trying to figure out things like horoscopes and things like that. See, that's just playing with God. Because I tell you, God's word clearly says you leave that stuff alone. No, no, I don't know. I'm not getting on anybody here because I don't know anything about anything. I'm just telling you, God says leave those things alone. Except we can open up a piece of bazooka bubble gum and there's your fortune in there. Oh, that's just kid stuff. I understand all that. I understand all that. But, but it, it's training us in a different, in a different way. Every, everything we see, everything we look at, we spend hours upon hours looking at the TV and, and every, all those ungodly things are, are being pounded upon us and it's showing us that, well, it's really, it's okay. It's, it's, the Christians are all stiff-necked and they're a bunch of Bible thumpers and it, it's okay. You can get away with that. God really doesn't care about those kind of things. He really doesn't. I thought he was a God of, a, a God of righteousness. I, I thought he was a God that died for those things to be clean from your life. That's, what, that's, that's my Savior that, that went to the cross and died over these little simple things. So, why do I want to play games with God? And you say, well, preacher, we can't do everything right. No, you can't. I understand that. But as God brings things to you, and He asks you to clean these things up in your life, then clean them up. Because if you don't, you're just playing a game. You're just playing a game. You, you want to do it, but then you don't really want to do it. But you want to do it, but you don't really want to do it. And you're just playing a game. And you're thinking God's okay with that. And every time you think God's okay with that, we'll just pick up a cross and say, yeah, God's okay with that. He's so okay with it that he really didn't die on a cross for those things. And I can just play whatever game I want to. God will surely understand. He is a loving God, you know. Vicky says, I preach hard and harsh sometimes. You know why? Because I'm called to. I'm called to. Do I always enjoy it? No. But I'm called to. And it's the only thing I know. It's the only way I know. Go ahead, please. If we are just in a game of life, if this, if this is all it is, and your circumstances are happening because of who you was born to or what country you lived in, then if, if this is just a game of life, then what looks good must be good. See, the world today, and, and most of you should know this, they want you not to know God. Everything in this world, especially this country, wants you to think that God doesn't exist any longer. I'm telling you, he does. Amen? He does. Everything they do, everything they do, everything they, they try to throw up on us is trying, to, is, is trying to separate us from God, and they'll just say the game's okay. It's okay. But if we look at the Matthew 25, we can see clearly that the game is not okay. If we're just in the game of life, then what? Looks good, must be good. And we'll see that in Genesis 6 and in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 in a minute. If life is just a game of chance, then what chance do you have? What chance do you have in life? What, what chance do you, if that's all it is, if that's all it is, then whatever you have, that's it, right? Well, I'm glad I wasn't born in Ethiopia or some other place. By the stars, I was born here in America. By the universe, everything is great. You believe in something, it's just not the right thing on it many times in this church. But I know what that says. But if life is just a calculated process of God, how much can yielding to God change your life? Everybody raise your hand if God's changed your life. At some point, he's changed in your life, and he continues to change that. Satan has a game plan. You know, you watch the basketball games and the football games, they always got that big board, and they got the headphones, they got all kinds of stuff on, and they've got a game plan. They put that game plan out. They know exactly what they're going to do with the team they're playing. They know every player on that team. They know exactly what that player is made of, what he can do, what he can't do. They know if a player is injured, if he's got a hurt elbow, they know it. It's big money. They know it. It's their job to understand these things so they can win the game because that's what they're in, and that's great. But Satan has a game plan also. And he watches you. He's got a third of the demons watching. How many of you believe in demons? The rest of you, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. There's angels and there's demons, amen? Do a study on it. Get involved with it. Get some skin in the game. 
And you'll start to realize, wow, this world we're living in is nuts. It's nuts. I just can't believe what's changed in my lifetime. I just continue to say that. It just it blows me away. I just got to stop for a second. I ain't going to Target no more, okay? I never win anyway. And anybody wants to allow a, 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 a filthy man to walk in on a young one of these young girls around here, no, I'm not going. And I don't care what the world says, how bigoted we are, whatever we are, I'm not going. And the only thing they know is, to, is the money, is the pocketbook. Amen? Trust me, when the, stock, when the stock people get together, they're going to change their attitude. Somehow, someway, you've got to draw a line in the sand, don't we? You draw that line. I'm just thankful that people finally woke up enough to say enough is enough. Because Satan has a plan, and that's just part of Satan's plan, to get you to play the game. It's okay. Don't, don't you even think that way. It's, just, it's okay. People have been doing it for a long time. You just didn't even know it. Well, I may not have known it, but at least they weren't agreeing with it. The stores and all, at least they weren't agreeing with it. Now they agree with it. Man. Satan's game plan is manipulation. Amen? It was manipulation in the garden. It's still manipulation today. He will manipulate you to play a game. He will tell you and tell you that this game is okay. It's not a big deal. Those pastors, those churches, this, it's, just, it's no big deal. Don't listen to them too much. It's, 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 they don't even know what they're talking about. It's manipulation. It's delusion. They'll, they'll delusion you with all kinds of things. And, I, and I've told you before, and I'll tell you one more time, if you watch your kids' game, your kids' shows on TV, you're going to find out the kids are smarter than the parents, and the parents just need to sit back and shut up. Am I right or am I wrong? So what are they teaching the kids at this age? That you're smarter than your parents, your parent doesn't know. They're teaching them rebellion. And where does rebellion come from? Come on, somebody tell me. It comes from Satan. The fall in the garden, which we'll look at in just a second, was it the tree that was so bad it was the rebellion that was so bad. It was one simple thing. Don't eat from that tree. But they played the game. They listened to the manipulation, the delusion, as we listen to it today, and we get involved in the game. Insidious. What a, don't you just like that? I like the way it rolls off my tongue, Valerie. Insidious. I looked at it, I saw that this week, and I said, what in the world does that mean? And it must mean something pretty good because Vicky didn't even know what it meant. And she knows about all that stuff. So I, she had to say, Paul, when you say that, just think of a city. Because I have a hard time hearing that. Insidious. Everybody just love that word, insidious. It's causing harm. Now listen, this is the meaning of this. And you can just open up your eyes and your mind a minute and your heart. It's causing harm in a way that is gradual or not easily noticed. <laughs> is that the world we live in? Isn't that the world we live in? everything's okay, it's just, everything's okay, don't believe that church, don't believe that church, that Bible is old history, it's written by man, don't believe that, and we'll just sneak it in a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, that's what, that's what Satan does, he manipulates, he's a delusion, and then he does this insidious thing by slipping things in at one time, he knows that the church is still alive, you know why this country's still here, one reason, it ain't our army, although it is powerful and I love it, it's the Lord Jesus Christ is still in our country. Amen? The church is still here. The church is still here. It may not be big and powerful like it was in the past, but it's still here. He's still got pastors and preachers and teachers and evangelists and, and wonderful people of God that love him. And he knows it. And he's still here with us. Amen? And so this insidious thing Satan does to us. And if you can't see that, you are blind. He, he does it so gradually and so easily and, and acts like it's no big deal. And, and they pass a little law here and a little law there. Take away your freedom more and take away your freedom more. And it's all done in the name of safety and the children. In the meantime, Satan is getting his way and everybody starts to play the game. And only a few don't want to play anymore. And it's those few that are the trouble. It's just those few Christians that are the trouble. They don't seem to understand that that Bible is worthless anymore. We've already thrown it out of the schools. We'll see if we can keep throwing it out. 
let's outlaw it in everybody's house. Would that make you do something then? Or would it, as it gradually starts to take this away, am I being too rough on everybody? Okay. Genesis 3, 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, what was the tree? Everybody say the word good. What was the tree? What was the tree? Good. We're talking about the tree that brings wisdom and knowledge and we're talking about the tree that God said don't go to. Don't, don't look upon it. Don't go around it. That's what we're talking about. But yet it says here, so when the woman saw, she looked, she got involved. The game and the manipulation that Satan had been talking to her about is starting to take hold in these, this insidious way he's doing it. Little word at a time, little word here. She starts to look and see when she should be nowhere. Do you think that garden was a little garden like this safe? And I mean like this stage? And she didn't have any place to go but like a 20 by 20 or something. You think, that garden was huge. She had all kinds of places. All the animals were in it. She had all kinds of areas to go to. But yet she chose to go there where she knew she didn't belong. And the game starts. So when the woman saw that the tree was, everybody say, what? Good. For food. That it was pleasant. What was it? To what? Eyes. Everybody know what eye candy is? Uh, one of the kids made that last week, a little piece of candy on there. It's just, you know, the eyes like candy, don't it's like It's like the mouthful of sugar, mm-mm, that pie and that cake, mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't know much about the pie, I don't care for pie. But that chocolate cake, that peanut butter cake, oh my goodness. You get a little jiggle on that stuff. But your eyeballs, they like that candy too, don't they? Do you not think that Satan doesn't know that? Do you not think that? He knows what your eye candy is. He's well aware of it. Just like he knows you like chocolate cake. He knows you like certain eye candy. And so, because God says stay away from this, and they go to it and they listen to Satan, the eye candy starts to appear. And the game begins again and again and again. So it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree, what? Desirable. It was so pleasant to the eyes that it became desirable. See, these things in the world that we deal with, if we look upon them and they become eye candy to us and they become desirable, hook, baby. All Satan's going to do is just wind you in. And he can take his time doing that because you're hooked. He'll just let you run through all kinds, just mm-hmm, play with you, let you run off a little bit, hook you a little more, here you come. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Am I crazy or what? It was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of the fruit and ate. What did she do? She took it and she ate. She also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. The husband was a foolish man, Amen. But I can tell you, he liked the eye candy, too. Go ahead, please. Revelation. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are what? Dead. God knows your works. He knows what game you're in. He knows. You, you may say that, oh, this is good, and that's good, and everything's fine and dandy, but God knows. It says right here, I know your works. God knows your works, that you have a name, that you are alive. In other words, you're being the sweet little Christian. You read your Bible every day. You wear your white clothes and you're doing just fine. But yet for some reason, God says you are alive, you, that you are alive, but you are dead. In other words, you're alive physical, but spiritually you're dead. When Adam and Eve grabbed a hold of that, that tree and looked upon it and got the eye candy going and they finally grabbed a hold and took, and took it off, was it the tree that killed them or was it the rebellion that killed their spiritual hearts? It was the rebellion. Things can look real good to us. Even people in a church can look really good to us. But in reality, they're not. They're not. They can sound good, but they're not good. Go ahead, please. A hypocrite may fool us. Amen? And we got a lot of hypocrites. We've all been hypocrites in our lives. Some of us are still hypocrites. It may fool us, but they will ne- we'll fall before God, Right? Sometime you're going to fall before God. 
If you're in the game of religion without a relationship with Christ, the same old principles will govern your life. Adam will rule. In other words, your flesh will rule. So if you're just in the game of religion, if you're just playing a game of God, a game of church, then the same old principles in life will govern your life because nothing is changing your life except you. So therefore, your flesh will rule every single time. The manipulation and the delusion and the insidious takes place in your life. And gradually, you start down the fall. Profession and performance. Profession and performance. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Go ahead, please. Matthew 25, 1 through 3. This is where we're going to start here. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. This is, that's the story. Now I want you to look at it on the, on the understanding of a game. Some people are not playing games with God. Some people are. So if you look at it in that, in that, in that metaphor, you're going to be, understand a little clearer. I've got my lanterns here. I'm ready to light them. And it says here in verse 2, now five... Which was the good side and which was the bad side last time? (laughs) You don't remember? I don't either. You're the bad side? Okay, we'll make you the bad. Huh? You hear that over there? All right, Michelle, we'll make them the bad and you the good. Blackwell sitting over here? There ain't no doubt about it. Bad side, okay? Sorry, just the bad. You're the five. You're the five. It says... Now, five of them were wise, and five were what? Foolish. So we got the wise over here, we got the foolish over here. It's split right down the middle. Five and five. Half, 50%. Now, if you, if you can, this is Jesus now, right? Now, if you can just look at this, this is a, a, a parable he's talking about. But you can just look at this, he's thinking five, 50%. So if you look around your church, you can say 50% of them are playing a game. According to this parable, I'm not saying this church is that way. I'm not saying any church. I'm just saying, according to this parable, he's telling us that 50% could be playing a game. Now, five of them are wise, five of them are foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now, in the Bible, when it talks about oil, about all the time, unless there's something direct about oil, but almost all the time it's about the Holy Spirit. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. When we anoint with oil, we're anointing with the Holy Spirit. So what they're talking about here is the Holy Spirit of God. So five of them were foolish and took their lamps and took no oil with them. In other words, they look good because it tells us the kingdom of God is to be likened like that. So they, they look good. They had the dress up. They, they did everything fine. They said the right words. But yet their life was playing a hidden game that nobody else could see. And they were being manipulated and delusion and insidious by Satan. Go ahead, please. Does your performance match your profession? See, what they were professing, what their testimonies were, it didn't match what their performance was. It was it's, it's this game. It's, does your performance, what you, what you are, what you act like, what you do, what you, does it match your, match your profession, what you claim? If what you claim doesn't match your performance, then there's something wrong, right? And if your performance doesn't match what you profess, there's something wrong. And you say, well, according to this, only Jesus knows. Well, you're right, according to this, but later on, it's going to get different. Or is religion just a game? Oh, man. Let's slow down for just a minute. We have time. I got the game Twister up here. I had it. I've used that before. You know, a lot of us, <clears throat> I know a lot of the young kids don't play Twister, but when I was a kid, man, this was the game. Now, I never could bend very well, so I didn't win very often. And I got to thinking that sometimes people would take that spinning thing, and when they see me in the peculiar way, you know, like, like whatever, you know, they would stop that thing on a color where they knew I couldn't do it. And tumble, I would go. I tell you, if you're in a game with religion, a game with God, then Satan is in control of your twister. 
And he's going to want you to fall. And he's going to continue to be in control of it until you quit playing the game with God. Your eye candy has got to disappear. You can't keep doing this thing, people. The only reason I want to help you and tell you this is I don't want to see you hurt. I don't want to see your lives destroyed. And I want you to, to understand that you can help other people. You know, this, that's, that's the main goal of the, of the church is to, is to encourage and love and help under other people understand who God is in their life. But if we can't get out of the game with Satan, then how are we going to do that? How are we going to help change the society? How are we going to help change the things that are so negative against, against us? You're going to fall for the game. And you're going to get involved with it. It's like the silly horoscopes. You know, you want to talk to dead people. My goodness, they're dead. They don't talk anymore, okay? I hear see people and they'll say, well, I, I think Uncle Judy is looking down upon me. Well, I got news for you. Uncle, if it's Aunt Judy or Uncle Judy, whoever it is, I don't even know who, the, can you tell the difference anymore? <laughs> Aunt Judy, Uncle Judy, whatever they want to be, I don't know. Well, I can tell you something. They're either in hell or heaven. If they're in heaven, they ain't looking down on you, okay? You can say it all. If that makes you feel good, go ahead. I don't see that nowhere in the Bible. All I see is they're rejoicing, worshiping in heaven. Amen? That's what they're doing. I know people want to think that and want to say that, but see, you're wanting to play a game, and Satan will take that and manipulate you, delusion you. And that other word, I can't think of it right now, sicidious, sicidious. Somebody give me that. Insidious. It's heaven or hell. It's heaven or hell. If I can get you to think that maybe it's something else different, you're, I got you. That's that fishing pole again. Reel you in. And there's some good Christians out there that want to believe those things. And I'm sorry, it's not true. If I'm in heaven, I'm worshiping Jesus. I ain't got time to look at you folk. Your lives are a mess. What I, I just left there. What I want to go back there and look at you again. I'm sorry. When you come through the pearly gates, I'm going to grab a hold of you and love you. But until then, I'm going to love Jesus because that's where I'm at. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to serve him wherever he tells me to go. And if I had time to look back on you, then I'd be crying up there because you're stuck down here and I'm up there. And there's no tears in heaven, amen? amen. Intellectual or emotional bargains with God, and that's what we try to do, just like that song, oh God, we, we try to meditate and cheat our faith and all that. And intellectual or emotional bargains with God are not the radical change Jesus provides. But instead, let's make a deal, games with truth. So we want to make the deal with, let's make a deal and play that games with truth again. There's one truth. There is one life. Amen? It's called the Word of God. Fall in love with this. Church, fall in love with this. Amen? Fall in love with it. It's your life. Your life is this. If you stay close to this, if you stay with this, you're going to have an abundance of joy in your life and peace. No matter what the situation is, you'll have it. You may not lock it all. And there's a time for mourning. There's a time for grieving. Jesus grieved. He wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible in, in John chapter 2. He wept. Jesus wept. There's a time for grieving. And he, he puts that in us to grieve. And he also puts us in it to know that he can pull us out of that grieving when the time is right. Amen? There's a little book, and it's called Life Book. I got thousands of them. You know, I'm, I'm so encouraged. This, this is a book about John, mainly, the book of John, and, and the Gideons, which I, I love the Gideons. I got a hold of them and, and uh, heard about this book, and, and uh, they sent me 2,000 of them. I got boxes of these things. And it's really a lot for high school kids, but most people don't understand the Bible anymore, so it's good for about anybody. But I got 2,000 of these. You know, what the, you know what it costs the church? Zero. Wow. They, they shipped in FedEx to my house. Boxes of boxes, zero. Don't we have some? You think, you want to know why I was before? You know why God's not left this country yet? Because we got good people, amen? We got good people wanting to spread some good news. Now, I encourage you to, I got boxes of these. I encourage you to grab a hands full of them. And they'll be setting out for until we're done with them and take them to the baseball field. High school kids, put them in your book pad, in your backpack. You, I don't suggest you just go handing them out. Like you, uh, but when somebody's asking you about something or if you carry it around with you and they say, what's the book? So here, I got more. Work people, your workplaces, you got, you got break rooms, don't you? Most of you should have break rooms or something. Put it on the table. 
Encourage people. Don't get fired over it, but encourage people. Put it down. Set them around. It's the good news. It's the life. It's Jesus Christ. Amen? We can battle. We can do war with the evil because it's doing war with us, and we do it in these ways. We don't have to pull out our guns and shoot everybody. Let's pull out our hearts and love everybody. Amen? And this is the way you love. It's a wonderful thing the Gideons are doing. I can't believe they're giving out so many, so many of these, but they are, and they're free. We just have to pass them out. Matthew 25, 4 through 9, and we'll match what he just talked about a minute ago. But the wise took the oil in their vessels. The wise, the, the, the five, the good, the good side. Although this side looks, I'm sorry, over here good, this evil side, they look pretty good. I mean, I really can't tell the difference outside of your separator by about 10 feet there. You, look, you guys look you're handsome over here. You're, you're beautiful over here. You look great. In fact, you might look better than these people over here even. Because, see, you're in the game. And you think you've got to look good. Where these people over here think, eh, it's okay. God's got me. But you guys look great. I really can't hardly tell the difference. But the, the five that were wise took the oil in their vessels. In other words, the, the vessels had the oil inside them. It's been there. It's there. Let me see here. Back then, it would more likely have been a torch than a lamp. It's there. And it should be burning in you that everybody knows it's in there. Where the other five, it says here, but while the bargain was delayed, they all slumbered. So they all were tired. They all understood. They all were tired. They all looked the same. They all took a break. They were tired. They were sleepy. And and they understood. But these five over here, they kept the oil. The oil was in them. It was there. The Holy Spirit was in you. You Your performance was matching your profession. Everything about you was about God. But over here, over here, it was a slight difference. You weren't radical with God. You, you bought into the game and you let Satan allow these things to take place. And, and hard to tell the difference, but if you just look, but if you watch the fruit in your lives, you can start to see the difference. So they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight, a cry, a cry was heard. Now this cry that Jesus is talking about is a cry of come to Christ. Come to Christ. The end time is so clear. We, you know, there's so many earthquakes, there's so many volcanoes, there's so many things going, exactly what the Word of God tells us is going to happen in the end times, exactly to the Word of what's going to happen. It's upon us now. But see, we've all heard that our whole lives, and we just get in our minds that, well, that's really just a game. It may happen, it may not happen, it could do this, it could do that. But the object is... Are you ready? Is the Holy Spirit living within you? Are you ready? Do you really? See, I believe that he's coming back for me. Amen? I believe if, if I die, I go straight to heaven. In a blink of an eye, boom. When Bill, my friend Bill Hobbs died the other night, it was a sad time because we lost a friend. But my goodness, I got jealous because I knew he went straight to heaven. Amen? I knew, I knew, I knew before the eyes closed, before the heart quit beating, that that man that I loved was in heaven with Jesus Christ. Amen? I told him before he could hear me, before he lost his contact, I said, Bill, when you get to heaven, tell Jesus I love him. Oh, man. Because he's in heaven. Amen. Sure, we're going to miss him. But guess what? It ain't long. I'm going with him. I bet you'll be right there caught up. I'll be right there with me. Amen. Come here, Paul. Look at this. Look at this. Come here. Can you believe what we're seeing? Can you believe what we're hearing? And I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward to Christ. Amen. I can't really explain heaven no more than the Word of God says. But all I need to know is Jesus is there. Because I fell in love with him. My oil, my, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm not trying to let delusion and manipulation and insidious things take my life. I'm not falling for that game. I'm trying to stay out of the game, although I do fall at times. But I try my hardest to stay out of it. Amen? Quit falling for the game, folks. It will hurt you. At midnight, a cry was heard. And behold, the bridegroom is, bring it to me, 
is coming. How many of you heard that Jesus is coming? Everybody here has heard it, right? What will the world, what will everything want you to believe? That Jesus is what? Not coming. That that's, that's, that's old stuff. Then pastors, they need to die out. He is coming. I have no idea when, but I tell you what, I'm ready. Amen? And what this sermon is about, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you really ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to to face our Creator? Are you ready to stand before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings? Are you ready? I can tell you the majority of this country is not ready. They're not ready in any state, in any way. But if we're wise and we're full with the Holy Spirit, that should be overflowing in us and and washing out upon other people. And they should see that we're not in this game of religion, but we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? I don't have to go through traditions to get to heaven. I don't have to do this and do that to get to heaven. I live by grace. Amen? I live by grace and faith. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, faith and grace. Amen, I live by that. How much time do I have? Then though all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. That means their, their testimonies, their, who they are, that profession. I could stand right here and we could start doing testimonies and some of you would stand and give the most beautiful testimonies and then you walk out the door and you're just playing a game. But then I can't tell the difference because it's not my job to tell the difference. It's not my job to judge you. It's like God's job. I can see your fruit. I can see where you're hurting and that's, to, that's, an, that's an understanding that I know how to pray for you. To pray for you. I can see if a man wants to go into a woman's bathroom, I don't need to hate him. I need to pray for him because that man's got some big problems, more problems than I got. I need to pray for him. Amen. I don't want to follow him in that woman's bathroom. I want to pray for him. Can you believe that Satan is wanting us? See, this is what this is. You've got, to believe, you've got to understand this. That Satan and politicians and Hollywood want you to believe that it's okay for full-grown men to go and arrest you with your child. You, you understand that? They want you to believe it. They want you to, okay, Bruce Springsteen wants you to believe that. He wants you to say it's okay. Do you understand that? That's the world we live in. That's the game that Satan is playing. The delusion and the manipulation over people that are, should be well smart. Knowledge has nothing to do with it. Amen? Then those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. They said their testimonies and prepared themselves. And the foolish said to the wise, Oh my goodness, this is really happening. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is really happening. I, I can see the miracles that take place in your life. I can see the things that you've prayed about and talked about, although I've been right there with you. I can see the miracles that took place in your life. This is really true. This, this is not some fairy tale. This is really true. I can really see that I've been playing a game. I can really see that I've just been playing a game with religion, and I haven't got really deep enough with God. No matter how deep I got into religion, I'm not deep enough with God. I'm not radical enough with Jesus. I'm not radical enough to stand for Jesus because I, I don't want to get involved and get myself called a bigot or anything. I don't want to be involved there. You're playing a game and Satan's pulling the wool over your eyes. But the wise answered saying, no. No, I, I can't give you the Holy Spirit. You can't buy it from me. I can't give it to you. This is my God. This is my Lord and Savior. You can have him. You can have him every bit as much as I have him. You can have him. You've got to understand that you've been in a game of life, a game of Satan's manipulation and delusion and insidious things. And you've got to repent of that and get your heart right with God and he will fill you up and your lantern will be lit. Amen? But you've got to get there. You've got to understand that that this word of God is to encourage you, to love you, and to give you a direction in life that motivates you and glorifies God. But the wise answer is saying, no. 
At least there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Go ahead, please. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. So while they left to go find whatever they're finding, Jesus came. They weren't prepared. Their, their actions, their profession, and their performance didn't line up together. They weren't prepared. Not in the least. Where's my glasses? This is this letter from this lady. I want to remind you of something. This is a, a woman that was about as far away from God as you can get. Kids taken away from her. She would be a person that would come in this church and say, and I would ask them, I would say, do you know Jesus? And they would say, oh yes, oh yes, he's my Savior. He is my Savior, he's been my Savior. Because see, that's what most people tell me. But yet their life has never shown it. And you say, well, people get backslide. I understand those things. But your life doesn't show it at all. At all. And so they would come in here and they will sit for a few weeks or sit for a while. And the next thing you know, they're in my office and they're saying, I don't know Jesus. Not, not this way. I, I, I had my own set of plans for Jesus. I had my own thought pattern about Jesus. And so because I thought I could play this game that, uh, that Satan, he absolutely delusioned me with, I can understand that that is not what I thought, what I thought the word of God was is not what it is. It's completely different than what I thought. See, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. When God, when Jesus comes back, take us away, he's got all authority. Amen? And it don't matter who, what you think. It just don't matter. Because what he says matters. Amen? You best get on board with that. And if you're not on board with that, then you're playing a game with God. He knows all things. Is everybody bored or you okay? I'm going to close here in a minute, but don't get bored with me here. God knows all things. And he really doesn't give a hoot what you think the Bible says. Because he knows what it says. He wrote, he wrote it. He calculated this world from the beginning to the end. From the beginning to the end. You can, you can either get on board with God or you don't have to get on board with God. God's plan will happen. Amen? He wants to use you in it. But if you choose not to be used in it, his plan will not change for this world. It will not. It will not. What he says will accomplish will be accomplished. And our feeble little thoughts and minds cannot comprehend these things. But when you love God with your heart, you understand that it is true, although I have a struggle explaining it sometimes. But that's where my faith takes in. So this sweet young lady that we've known for a while now, she's going to graduate Thursday over in Bloomington from a class she's in. She just got her apartment this week. And we'll be going to her graduation, me and Vicki. No one would ever believe, this is, a, this is the wick. This one right here, they're trimming the wick, and this is this girl's wick. No one would ever believe, not even myself, that I would be where I am today in life. Two years ago, I was a heroin user and a drinking, my, drinking my life away, lost in big, big capital letters. Custody, I lost custody of my children, Husband went to prison and was on the weight of destruction on my life that was left, left of it, what was left of her life. Today, I'm so, today I am so believer that the, my father had a different plan for me. Amen? Father, capital F. I'm 16 months clean, moving into my own place. I have my lifetime dream job and speak to my children daily, and they are coming to see me and graduate something for the first time. I am graduating the, uh, I don't know, the Mayeth program for Stacy Terrell, not for anyone else. Working a program and putting myself first for once. Some may say that, that, that this is selfish of me, but it's working, and without God and my faith, I wouldn't be doing any of this today. I want to thank my church family, who are her what? 
church family. And we, we, I always call this church a kickoff. I try to tell people, just come to the crossing for a while. We'll give you a kickstart. We'll give you a kickstart to where you need to go. Somebody, uh, I want to thank my church family for everything and all, and all my sober supports. You have also helped me come to so far. I, I, love, you, I love you all. She's her writing's not real great here. I love you all. Don't let anyone in this in life tell you it's impossible to change your life around because God has my as my witness is possible. And there are people who believe in the second chances out there today. Thank you, Lord. I thought that was pretty amazing myself. I love it when God gets a victory, don't you? Just love it. Satan's got to stand back somewhere out of the way. He, he's not, he can't touch her anymore. He's no power. She's understood the delusion. She's understood the manipulation. She's understood it. She played the game. She come in here, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. No, she wasn't. See, I, five of these people would tell you the same thing. And the other five were and five weren't. Lord, Lord, open to, let me see here. In verse, uh, start with 10, verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the, to the wedding. I was talking about the wedding, another parable for the wedding feast. And the door was shut. Brent, wait, where's, who's somebody out there? Who's, Charles, come here. I spotted that white shirt, Charles. Open that door, Charles. Walk through it and slam it. Walk through it, slam it. <laughs> slam it better, Charles. Don't break my door, Charles. <laughs> Just stay there. <laughs> the door was shut. Man, I tell you, when God shuts the door, it ain't going to open again. It's not going to open again. Numerous places in the Bible talks about this. You don't have to die to have the door shut because these girls aren't dead, are they? They're alive. But the door was shut. It was shut, and it's not going to open again. No matter what you think, no matter what you do, it's not going to open again. He shuts the door. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, what? Everybody read that for me. I, what? But they were in church. They looked exactly like the other side of the church. They looked identical to it. They didn't get their, their lantern started. It didn't light up. But maybe that was just, I don't know, something's wrong. I don't know. God will understand. <laughs> God, I know it didn't start. But I know you know me. And you know, you'll understand it didn't start. Them no girls, they wouldn't share your oil with me. Uh, it's their fault, not mine. Surely it's my fault. Don't you love me enough, God? I'm sorry. Just because it didn't start don't mean anything. Come on, Lord. You know, watching somebody die is hard. It's just one of the hardest things you'll do. I watched my dad take his last breath. It's a hard thing to do. And if the person doesn't know Jesus, if they're just going to a better place, as many people will say, they don't define the better place because they don't want to say Hell, because hell's definitely not a better place, so they have to determine that there cannot be a heaven or hell or they're just good enough because after all, they are good people, right? So they have to define what they want to define. It, it isn't in here, but they, they get okay with it in their mind. But if it's not here, it's not truth, Amen. It's not a good thing to say to somebody, well, I'm sorry, they just went to hell, and I'm not going to do that. It's not my job. But I can tell you one thing. If they didn't know Jesus Christ, they didn't go to heaven. They did not go to heaven. If they don't have a relationship, they can have the religion all they want. But if they don't have the relationship, they don't have the relationship with Jesus Christ, a, a relationship that loves him. The door is shut, and you're on the other side, and you're never going to see him again. You're never going to see him again. Lord, Lord, open to us. 
Look how many times they said, Lord, Lord. They were panicked, right? A panic mode kick about. They understood that the people they, they were with, they understood right then and there there was something totally different because they were gone and we were gone. They always knew it, but they were playing the game and they really didn't believe what these other church people were doing. They're just fanatics. They're just radicals. We really don't have to act that way. We really don't have to live that way. God will understand. I don't have to preach on hell because uh, I don't want to offend anybody. And if you want to go into a men's bathroom, well, you go ahead, ladies. How many of you ladies want to go into a men's bathroom? It, it, it's, 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 it's insane. Yet that's the world we live in. It's the end times. I preach hard because I want you to, to know this. I want you to, to understand this. I want you to, to live in the life God tells you to live. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, letters in red, Jesus' words. Amen? Not a foolish man's word. Jesus' words. As I say to you, I do not know you. Games cannot open closed doors. They will not open closed doors. Games are games from Satan. that wants to devour your life. And you say, well, everybody in here could be perfect and wonderful and love the Lord. That's great. I hope you are. But you've got family and loved ones in a town called Nineveh that doesn't. We have to pour our hearts out into this in this short time we have left. And if you'll realize the door will be shut, no matter what they look like, if they're not living the life that God's asked us to live, if they've got second thoughts about the Word of God, they've got a heart problem somewhere. Amen. Don't judge them, love them, and pray for them, and wait for God to open the opportunity. Give them a book of truth. Slip it to them. It's not your job that they read it. That's between them and God. But when you give that book to them, you pray for them, you ask God, open up their heart to read that book of life. That when they take their last breath and that eyes closed for the last time, they see Jesus and not the pits of hell. Amen. Games cannot open doors. Only Jesus Christ has the key to life. If you've got too much eye candy in your life, then you've got a problem with God in your life. Amen? Nobody sleeping? I'm going close. What's the words for the week up there? Nope, this ain't it. Somebody say it. What's the first word? Truth. Yep. Nope. Without? Nope, not fail. No, not fall. Fine. Go ahead. Uh, uh, uh. Ourselves. Ourselves what? Isn't this fun? <laughs> Come on, you crossword puzzle nuts. You can go out. Standing. A closed door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truth is not a game. Amen? It's not a game. And without it, we will find ourselves standing at a closed door. One of the things I'd like for you to do today, homework assignment. When you go and you open up, then you turn on the TV, you open up the news, you read anything, pray and ask God to reveal to you the game that the world's trying to get you to play. The game that Satan's trying to get you to play. He's trying to, to get that eye candy out there. He's trying to manipulate you, delusion you. He's trying to do it a very, at a very slow period. He knows he can't just do it all one time, but he's going to try to hook you and start reeling you in. He'll give you a little play once in a while, and, but you're on the hook. If you'll just open up your heart, you'll start to see it. Some of you may not even see the things that are going on and understand how far away from God we are. But some of you will. Brooke, come on up. Do you have skin in this game of life? Do, are, are, do you have got skin in the game, man? In other words, 
Is this life just all about you? Are you actually trying to go where God's telling you to go, to do what God's telling you? Are you invested in the Word of God? Are you invested in your Christian life? Or you've been in the game so long, maybe you're starting to agree with those things the world wants to destroy us with. He's given you the opportunity in the hardest times we've ever lived in in this country. He's giving the church the opportunity, listen to me, the opportunity to share who he is. You say, I don't want to be persecuted. Well, you're playing a game with Satan. You're saying, oh, the, my friends are not going. You're playing a game. You're playing a game. When God gives you an opportunity, you grab hold of that opportunity and you go. Amen? Well, it's going to mean my job. Well, who's in control of your life? You or God? Absolutely. You go where God's taking you. You pray over and you go where God's taking you. Amen? You go. You go, girl. <laughs> go, boy. Go. Enjoy God. Watch him work in your life. The hardest times in our lives is when God's working the most. Amen? I'll shut up for a while. Next week's Mother's Day. Invite as many mothers as you can. Fathers, all of them. Invite them. Get them here. Love your neighbors. Amen? As yourself. Watch the game. And praise God that you're not in it. Amen? I open up the tables now. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you're welcome at these tables. Come and enjoy God.